What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. That was not a common Bengals W at all. Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been almost a full week since uh, since the game. Thought I was going to be able to do this stream much earlier, but uh, the Royal Rumble called. Had a lot of work to do in the following week for the day job. This is very much just a vanity project, a therapy project today. Um, I, I know before you guys say anything that the several of you watching that the mat doesn't fit on here right now. StreamYard's got a a whole thing right now where I don't know. I, buddy, I just don't know. Wish I had the answers, but it's been messed up. But hey, follow me on Common Bingles W on Twitter. We greatly appreciate it if you guys did that. Yeah, this one was a hard one to swallow. Like honestly, I was I was a little more disappointed in this than even the the Super Bowl loss. I was and and I'll tell you why. The Bengals were so ahead of schedule. Like based on last year, what you would hear everybody saying was, "Oh, well, you know, Maybe the Bengals have a decent season in 2021. Maybe they make the playoffs in 2022. And then maybe, maybe they're contenders after that. <clears throat> well, as it turns out, the Bengals were Super Bowl contenders, almost Super Bowl winners in uh, 2021. In 2022, uh, they, they had just an incredible season, 10 straight wins, all that good stuff. But um, this one disappointed me a little bit more because of a lot of the things surrounding it. I can take my favorite team losing to one of the best teams in the NFL, specifically one that, that they had beaten three times in a year, but the circumstances surrounding it from all the trash talk that Bengals and, and people peripherally associated with it did before, you know, we're fans. We, we can do that. But, um, I feel like they're like the mayor and all that stuff. Like, come on, what are we doing here? Then, of course, we're going to get into the officiating and all that here on Common Bengals W. If you don't mind, leave a thumbs up. We would greatly appreciate it. We've got Pro Wrestling Podcast in here saying where the Super Chat's at. Uh, we don't have Super Chats on here. We're not monetized yet, but you can just chat. Friend Demon Diva says it was rigged. Oh, buddy. I, I don't, like, I'm not in the it's rigged thing, but... There was definitely a lot of issues that I'm going to be bringing up. So let's go back to the start. I absolutely loathe, before the game, our Cincinnati Bengals players saying, it's Burrowhead, it's Burrowhead, because you know who you won't hear saying that? Joe Burrow, or Jamar Chase, or Ted Karras, or T. Higgins, or the other leaders of this team, the veterans of this team. You do not want to give the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best teams, probably the best team in the NFL, that motivation. You don't want to give Pat Mahomes, perhaps the most talented quarterback to ever do it, that extra motivation. So I I didn't like that. And I had uh, my friend Drew Baydala hit me up and was like, man, what's up with the mayor? And I was like, what are you talking about, man? And then he sent me the stuff that the mayor was saying. The mayor, bro. What are we doing here? So, like, for everybody that was like, oh, man, Travis Kelsey was so obnoxious after the game. Not really, man. 
Not really. The Kansas City Chiefs won the football game, even though I completely disagree with how they won it. They won. Ultimately, end of the game is scoreboard. Okay, who gets to brag? They get to brag. And that's what Travis Kelsey did. And I don't blame him one bit for talking that trash. I don't blame Pat Mahomes one bit. Uh, Now, I mean, Joe Burrow said that he had nothing but respect for Pat Mahomes. He's a consummate professional. Uh, But Mahomes, you know, he he understood, understandably took exception to that. He's one of the best quarterbacks for one of the best teams. And based on how things had went in the past with the Bengals, he wasn't necessarily keen on what was being said. Completely get that. Talk your trash. But to me, talk your trash after you achieve, after you accomplish. And the Bengals had accomplished before. However, this is a whole new thing. Three straight wins is great. Getting to the Super Bowl is great. But my God, man. So let's talk about, we're, we're going to almost Tarantino this. The Joseph Osai play was egregious. That was absolutely a penalty. You got to call that. That's a penalty no matter what. I don't agree with, with him being thrown under the bus either. It is not easy to stop yourself running that fast, trying to make a tackle, trying to save the game, ended up costing the team the game. That sucks. You know what else also sucks? A lot of the penalties that the Bengals gave up that put them in a position to, to lose as well, like the Eli Apple thing. But I'm, I'm not sitting here after Joseph Asai had a great game. Largely helped keep the Bengals within that striking distance to begin with. 22 years old. You know, brand new to the league. Just, just got drafted last year. Third round pick. Has been very good for the Bengals. Uh, even though, you know, he, he missed all last year. I mean, this is effectively his, his rookie year, right? And... Um, I thought that he played a very, very good game. And I hate that that happened. You cannot do that. You absolutely cannot do that. But, you know, I I saw, I saw people say, oh, well, if Pat Mahomes was healthy, this they would have blown out the Bengals. Beyond Pat Mahomes, the, a lot of the Chiefs were banged up. This was anywhere, like nowhere near a 100% game for either team. Like, Kansas City Chiefs were ridiculously banged up. Cincinnati Bengals had like paper mache as an offensive line. They were missing three offensive linemen. Jackson Carmen did his best last week. They just didn't do as well this week, especially early on. Got to do better. Uh, the Bengals losing Tyler Boyd very early. Boy, does that suck. That blows. That uh, that was uh, that was a real dagger because then they could focus in on uh, on what we saw, which was Higgins and Chase. And as a result, we don't necessarily get that, that you know, the undeniable type of uh, passing game. Well, I mean, still, still great. Jamar Chase, seven for 97. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you know, he, he, he got some. But, I mean, not having Tyler Boyd at 100% definitely hurt. Uh, Higgins did his thing. That was great. But um, it didn't feel as overwhelming as in the past. It, it just was not as as good. Sorry, sorry, I was reading off those stats wrong. Uh, for some reason, I, I had the old game looked up, and I was like, "What the what the hell is that? That's not what the stats were." 
because uh, it had Boyd doing uh, had Boyd doing a lot more. Yeah, so Tyler Boyd he, he had those big plays, but then he was out early. T Higgins was the one that exploded. Jamar Chase still did really well, but we also had some some pretty noticeable drops. Man, like th- there was the the Wilcox and the Irwin drops were rough, bro. Like those were really really tough. And um, that, that was a little bit earlier on in the game. They kind of picked it up after that. But the Trenton Irwin that we saw in place of Jamar Chase wasn't necessarily the one that we saw here. Joe Mixon played not good. Not good. Just the whole the whole time. And we'll, you know, he's got he's got his own issues right now. But Joe Burrow as your leading rusher. I mean, he's gotten a lot faster, but you got to have better than that, especially against this team. When you're carrying the ball 17 times, Joe Burrow should not be the best rusher on the team. But the officiating, my God, was it completely inconsistent. So let's go ahead and get into it. I I just don't know how many plays there are, and I hate being the whine about the refs guy. But in this game, a three-point differential with that number of yards – and that amount of time, it felt very much like this influenced the games. Now, the referees did not make Joe Burrow throw two picks. The referees did not cause Joe Burrow to get sacked five times. The referees did not cause Joe Mixon to run for two less than two and a half yards per carry. The referees and the officials did not cause uh, Tyler Boyd to, to leave the game with only two targets. They didn't do that. The, the referees did not make Joseph Osai push uh, Pat Mahomes into, into the damn <laughs> bleachers. But there is that. that The blocks in the back on the return, that really, really good return. Like, I mean, Get Up even mentioned it on the air. They're like, look at these blocks in the back. There were a lot of them. The, the mix and late hit was pretty egregious as well. Was there a call on that? No, there was absolutely no call on that. Okay, well, that's all right. Then there's the intentional grounding. Very clear hand to the face on that play. Very, very evident on that play. Now, Chris Jones played his played his mind out. He was so amazing. Five quarterback hits, but, I mean, there, there were hands to the face on that play. Let's talk about the intentional grounding. It's certainly, and I mean, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, one of the best defensive players of our generation, called this out. Richard Sherman had sympathy for the Bengals offense as opposed to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. He was like, I felt like P. Ryan was in, in the area, but if P. Ryan wasn't in the area, how are you not calling intentional grounding on Pat Mahomes? later in the game that's the thing if you're gonna call it call it that's sure that's fine call it but let there be some consistency and i'm not acting like at the end of the game the Bengals and chiefs should have the same number of penalties for the same number of yards because that's ridiculous i hate it when people say that they're like oh well look the Bengals did have nine penalties to four 71 yards to 55 I don't think that should be an even number. You don't have to do makeup calls. The reason penalties exist is because somebody breaks the rules. But in this specific 
game, it felt like another team that broke the rules weren't being penalized for that. It felt like the Cincinnati Bengals, who you can say did commit those penalties, should have absolutely been called for those, except for that weird pass interference where there was no turn of the hip. That one got called out a lot on the shows as well. So, I mean, you take that away, how would that have changed things? But then when you look at the numbers after this and you see the inconsistencies of the games that were called, you see nine penalties to four. You see 71 yards to 55 yards. And you see that's the difference in total yards between the two teams is that that 55 yards would have put, you know, would have been a lot different. That 71 yards would have been a lot different. It changed the shape of the game in such a significant way that it affected possibly the Super Bowl winner. And that's the issue that I have with it. Zach Taylor is a very composed head coach, and he was livid. And we haven't even gotten to the craziest one yet, in which seemed at the time like it would be null and void. And it was that canceled play on third and nine. What the hell? They say it was a clock issue. So here's what happens. On third and nine... The Chiefs go out there. They chuck the ball. The Bengals stop, and that's it. It's going to be fourth down. Chiefs are going to punt. Hell yeah, man, right? Wrong. Referees run onto the field, and they're like, no, 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 that play is canceled because there was a clock issue. Well, guess what? Guess what, friends? Figure that out afterwards. See how much time it took. Adjust the clock accordingly. Then somebody was saying it was too loud. Too loud? Pardon me. We're going to sit there and say that it was too loud? The Chiefs had the ball. Traditionally, what happens, what absolutely happens when a home team's offense is on the field? Quarterback will shush everybody. That way, the offense on the field can hear each other. That way, they can communicate to make plays. So you're going to tell me it was too loud? What, what about the thousands of other plays in the NFL this year? Were any of those too loud? But this one that benefits the Cincinnati Bengals, all of a sudden, is too loud. All right. So we run it back. What happens? Same result. Ends up, ends up not getting any yards. I think Eli Apple got called for something because he, you know, he's Eli. But what that did was it took a significant chunk of time off the clock in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship. And when that happens, that changes everything therefore. It changes how the timeouts work. It changes the type of plays you're going to run. It changes your formations. Like, I don't know shit about football, but I know enough to know that. That having a full minute plus off the clock adjust things those additional plays what, what do they do to the individual players how does that affect them physically how do you make that mistake how do you make that mistake and how do you say oh well it was, it was 
too loud, too loud. So we got we got blocks in the back. We got a canceled play that took time off the clock. We got Mixon not getting the late hit. We got hands to the face on the intentional grounding. We've got the intentional grounding not being called both ways. These are these are five really egregious things. Very egregious things. And that doesn't even include the Joe Burrow roughing the passer. So Mahomes is going get, to get a call for roughing the passer later on. But Joe Burrow's throwing nearly from his end zone, launches the ball, is sitting there looking for like a full second and a half, comes through and gets pushed over. Like, listen, do I like the rule? Do I think that should be allowed? Yeah, I, I don't really mind it. No harm, no foul. But the rule is the rule. And if you're going to call it one way, you got to call it the other way. That's my issue with this game. If the Chiefs came in and beat the Bengals 30-3, to I'd look at it and I'd be like, man, look, the better team won today. The better team ended up emerging victorious. The better team is going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if the Chiefs last Sunday were the better team. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. I'm certainly not going to say I don't know that because of the Joseph Osai play. Because that was a good, good, well-called penalty on a play that should have been a penalty. Can't do that. However, intentional grounding on the Bengals, not on Mahomes. Very similar plays. No roughing the passer called for the Bengals, but it's called for Patrick Mahomes. On uh, You could say one was more egregious than the other. The canceled play that took time off the clock and a, and a horrible excuse. All right. No blocks in the back on a big return when everybody that covered that, that play, everybody that looked at that play and watched it were like, where's the blocks in the back call here? No hands to the face on that intentional grounding that would not have resulted in a loss of down. How would the game have went then? The mix and late hit that wasn't called. We're talking about five or six very egregious calls. And here's my thing. Had those not been called for the Chiefs as well, if they had been consistent and either called all the way or not called all the way, well, I'd feel a lot different about this. But when you're looking at a half dozen potential things that influenced the score of this game and the potential Super Bowl winner, that's a very tough pill to swallow. Now, ultimately, I would have been happy last year if the Bengals broke 500. This year, after the way they started, I would have been like, yeah. Playoffs, that's cool. Playoff win. I, I think after last year, the, the floor should have been a playoff win. But now, I'm going to be disappointed if the Bengals don't make it to the conference finals now. And that, that is a, a situation that I have only known as a Kentucky basketball fan and now no longer know. Because in Kentucky basketball, for a long time, when you grow up in the late 90s, when you uh, go through the beginning of the Calipari era, you expect Final Four or nothing. Anything else is a disappointment if you don't make the Final Four. 
for the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, I started, I always loved the Bengals, but the Carson Palmer era gave me a little bit of hope. And I was like, oh, cool, 500 teams. That's nice. Andy Dalton came in and overperformed compared to, like, I love Andy Dalton, overperformed. I was like, playoffs every year? Sweet. But then that January 2016 game, I was like, no more. No more. Got to win a game. Joe Burrow and this Cincinnati Bengals team have won as many playoff games in the last 13 months as the uh, Cincinnati Bengals franchise had in 40 years. Casey says they missed some calls for the Chiefs too. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. And of course, I'm looking at it in, in orange colored glasses here. But that, those aren't the ones I focused on. I, I ain't a Chiefs fan. Obviously, I'm going to hyper-focus on the, on the Bengals' plays. The call-up says referees in NFL and NBA the last three months have been – I mean, that LeBron play, you're right. I mean, Kenny, like, good God, that LeBron play where it cost them the game. And especially in the NBA when – if you get, like, three of those in a year – well, that's the difference in you being the seven seed and being in the draft lottery, right? Uh, Braden says, Osai was our best D lineman all game. Just that one play is what he'll be known for, sadly. And I, I hate that. I hate that. That makes me sad, man, because I love the way that he played. Just love the way that he played. So, yeah, man, I, I am... I wouldn't say I'm salty. I was disappointed. And I was disappointed because I didn't feel like my favorite team got beat by the Chiefs. I feel like they got beat by the Chiefs and bad officiating. Now, if you held Travis Kelsey in better control, if you held uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling in better control, well, maybe, maybe things would have been different. Isaiah Pacheco, I expected him to have an interesting game because um, yeah, he was either going to – we knew Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to rush the ball that much, and he didn't. The Bengals kept him in check very, very well and kept him to where I thought they should have kept him. But Val, uh, but uh, Pacheco, him catching, I knew was going to be an issue, but I thought the Bengals did very, very well pre- like preventing the run from from Isaiah Pacheco. You know, Von Bell and Jermaine Pratt were, were making their tackles and all that stuff. But um, you had Cam Sample and, and Sam Hubbard with some nice sacks. But felt like the Bengals were beaten by um, by bad officiating. Inconsistent officiating. And bad officiating. Yeah. Bad officiating, too. Then all the stuff that happened in the following week. Oh, boy. So... If you have uh, watched this show or seen my tweets, this year I have not been nearly as high on Joe Mixon. I feel as if he is a very, very inconsistent player. And I felt like if he hadn't had the week nine that he had, there was a real good chance that he was about to lose his his starting gig to Samaj P. Ryan. But he had that five-touchdown game. And um, besides that, he had four touchdowns all season. 
four touchdowns all season. That ain't good. That's just not good enough out of out of the Bengals. And I mean, for for a guy who had first round quality uh, in the draft, and you know he he is bridging us. He he bridged the gap between the Dalton, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard era to this one. Ultimately, sometimes you just uh, you hit your wall, and it felt like he really hit his wall at times. However. You know, he's a great catching back, and that's what you need on a Joe Burrow team. You need somebody who can catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and uh, do great things. And, you know, last year he caught the ball an awful lot more. He was targeted a lot more in the playoffs. But this year it felt like one game he would just have a really, really good performance. He'd get 100 yards out of him. You'd get a couple touchdowns out of him. And then the next game, he would just disappear. And as soon as contact was made, he just falls over. So this week, Joe Mixon was charged. A woman said that, that he pointed a gun at her. But that was dropped. Almost almost immediately dropped. Like very, very quickly. Um, it was dismissed. The charge for aggravated menacing was, was completely dropped. It could be refiled at a later date after further investigation. But, I mean, his agent said as much. And I just want to say this. If if it's true, if it's true in any capacity, he's got to be gone. I mean, his cap hit is already too much to justify anyway. Like, if you look at what's up next, Joe Mixon or any running back, compared to Tyler Boyd or Trenton Irwin, well, I'm sticking with Tr- Tyler Boyd. And rocking with a different uh, a different running back, whether it be P Ryan or whatever, it doesn't have to be P Ryan. I know a lot of people look at Samaj P Ryan and they go, "Oh well, him." Well, I mean, if he's going to make four million dollars compared to another running back that you draft or you pick up from free agency making less than that, well, I mean, now is the time that the Bengals have to start worrying about the cap because they got to look at T Higgins, they got to look at Joe Burrow, they got to look at the, a lot of their free agents. They're going to have to get really, really crafty and good in the draft, which they've been hit or miss with. But uh, I can't. When I looked in, I saw Joe or that Joe Mixon averaged three point nine yards a carry. I was shocked by that. Like he had two seasons that were worse than that. And I mean, obviously, if, if you know the Bengals had a lot of third and shorts and second and shorts that he would end up picking up a couple yards on more so than. Uh, the like 18, 19 years and, and early years, like his rookie year, it was like, all right, well, he's dynamic and all that stuff, but was he better than Geo or Jeremy Hill, all that stuff? If it's true, absolutely get rid of him. Don't come back. But as Braden says, they clear 10 million cap if he's cut. To me, the cap space is worth more than keeping him unless he wants to rework his deal. Uh, I, I hope, hope this isn't true. The, the whole thing around him. If it is gone, if it's not Jesus, I feel bad for this guy. Now keep in mind, he did some really terrible stuff in college, which can feel one way or another about, he claims that a woman called him a racial slur, sexual slur. He struck her. I mean, I'm sorry. Walk away from that situation. I can't relate to his situation in life being called anything like that. Uh, but you know that you know how that's going to look. And that was horrible. But by all, all indications, he had changed things since then. 
But if that's true, he's got to go. If not, I feel bad that will loom over him. Hude Joe from Bengals and Bruce says, I think he's gone regardless. I think this issue will loom over him all summer. That combined with his cap number and poor rushing numbers, I'm assuming we go with a rookie MP Ryan. A rookie MP Ryan makes sense to me too. Then you get the shit. The shit. Sorry, I, I try not to curse on this show. Because that Dove Kleinman account, which, listen, I, I deal with all kinds of um, aggregators in wrestling. And with Elon being like, oh, we're going to get... We're going to give you guys money for the replies now. It's going to get even worse. You're going to get even more sensationalism off of a crappy Twitter account. So I hope it, it's it's somewhat verified. But acting like, oh, well, T. Higgins, they're, they're going to trade him if, if he doesn't sign an extension. No, they're not. He's going to make his $4 million next year, and he's going to play for the Bengals, and they're going to hope they, they make the Super Bowl. They're going to trade him. Unless, unless you know, you're offering up some first, if you offer up a first for him or something, and some other picks, well then maybe. Come on, get out of here! You've got to be high off your ass to think that the Bengals are going to trade T. Higgins. So much of what makes Jamar Chase as dynamic as he is is that sometimes they don't have the option of doubling him. He gets those one on ones. Because T. Higgins is on the field. It's already bad enough that they might lose Tyler Boyd whenever they might lose Tyler Boyd. They're keeping one of them. And it's probably going to be Higgins because he's younger. You keep T. Higgins. That's part of what makes him. You can draft a, a, or you can draft a young guy or, or sign a veteran that can that sort of replace what Tyler Boyd does, right? You want that third really dynamic receiver. Somebody who isn't going to be the first or second option, but is capable of making one of those plays that goes, damn, now we got we got to focus on him, right? Hmm. Now, I mean, hey, if, if for some reason they draft a tight end very, very early, maybe they don't sign T long-term, but I think if they have the option, the real option to sign T Higgins long-term, they'll do it. I don't think they're going to trade in $4 million, man. $4 million. They're paying him that. Uh, guys, I'll be back uh, throughout the spring, the summer, all that stuff. This, this loss does hurt. It sucks. I'm going to uh, get some people on the show because you know, I don't know anything about the draft. I, I don't know about that. But we're going to have some people on. Going to dip into my resources. <laughs> Joe says, you can curse all you want when you come on Bengals and Brews. I am going to do that. Once my schedule lightens up, I am definitely going to do that. Oh, I had so much fun doing this. This is the first loss that I've covered, so this is not a common Bengals W. but it's a it's a sucky way to end the season, but I'm I'm interesting or interested and excited to see what the Bengals do, how their front office handles things, because now decisions have to be made. Great draft decisions have to be made. Antoine says, uh, "Bears first round for T Higgins, uh, not number one overall. I assume polls trades down." I'll let somebody who's a little more educated on this. Uh, <laughs> state that 
I like T Higgins a lot, man. I like him a lot. I mean, in the past six, seven years, the Bengals have basically had four different number one receivers and three or four different number one running backs. They've had Mixon, Geo, and Jeremy Hill just over the last like five or six years. And then on the, on the receiver end of things, AJ Green to Tyler Boyd to, to T Higgins to uh, Jamar Chase. And I think it's worked out very well for them. Guys, thank you all so much. This has been a Common Bengals W. We are also on podcast platforms everywhere. Follow me on Twitter at Common Bengals W as you watch me learn about the Bengals. We're out.